Good morning. Today we are here with Christos Papadopoulos. Hi, Christos. Hello. Uh, first of all, I mean, would you mind introducing yourself a bit? Of course. Uh, so my name is Christos Papadopoulos. I'm a choreographer. I'm, uh, I'm Greek. I was born in Greece and I'm now based in Greece. So I grew up in a small village in Peloponnese. So I'm uh, like a farm a nature boy. <laughs> And then I moved to Athens, studying political sciences. And through the political sciences, I realized that I wanted to do theater. Then I jumped uh, and I studied uh, international uh, theater school. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I wanted to do dance. Yeah. And then I gave the audition and I studied choreography in uh, SNDO in Amsterdam. Yes. So it was not my childhood dream to become a dancer or a choreographer. Yeah. It was uh, step by step realizing what, what I want to do. So now I'm back to Greece. I've uh, been working a lot uh, with, um, for many years as a choreographer for theatre for us in Greek tragedies. So I've been working a lot with the ascent uh, drama. Yeah. And uh, since uh, 2015 I created uh, my company and since then I'm doing my own uh, work. Okay. That's more. When, okay, question, because I mean you seem that you went through a lot of uh, education, a lot of studying. Did you, what time did you like actually graduated as a performer? Did you start dancing, let's say? What year? I think it was around uh, 2003. And you I were? graduated in... Uh, and I was uh, 26. 26. Quite late. Quite late, yeah. Yes. No, it's very interesting because a lot of people, I mean, always think that like to be a dancer, to be a performer, you have to have a certain age. And uh, nowadays it's nice to see that actually it's possible also to... Of course, because if you set your life with uh, what uh, you should do in order to, then you might not do anything. Exactly. exactly. So you just need to follow what you, what your impulse is. Yeah, yeah. So, so okay, cool. And uh, so I ask you immediately questions regarding your work. Uh, when uh, you decide to start creating, what's your main source of inspiration? Mm. I will make a small uh, story, I will tell sure. you. So actually, in, uh, before I created my company, in 2008, there was a civil war in Kenya. So I was asked to go there in the middle of Savannah and uh, make a small, uh, let's say, performance using working with the tribes of that area because they, they had this uh, territorial war. So for the first time in my life, I was in front of a natural saravni, uh, uh, that it was amazing. I was just with a small tent in the, in the wild. And then uh, it was, the lions were very close to us, uh, the birds, nature. So it was for the first time in front of an environment that it was not protected for the humans. It was not made by the humans. So the humans had nothing to do with it. Yeah. So it might sound as a cliche, but uh, I felt so free after a while. And I could not realize within why. And then I realized why. Yeah. Because the absence of any part to play in yeah. this world. So if a lion would eat me, it, nothing would shake in this yeah. uh, reality. So you get to realize that you are really nothing. Yeah. So our egocentric uh, way of perceiving reality, it yeah. really evaporated. Yeah. So for me, that was a very big turning uh, philosophical point when I started realizing that um, human drama and the human affairs we should always put them in a frame that is much bigger. So yeah. we should connect always the individuality or the drama or uh, what's happening in our world within a bigger frame and within a bigger um, uh, perception. And this stayed in my mind. And after some years I read uh, Virginia Woolf's novel, The Waves, that uh, there we follow the lives of six people from childhood till the end of their lives. Yes. 
And uh, in a way, Virginia, for me, Virginia was in a way implying that human life is more or less the same between us. We share the same stuff, the same fears, the same insecurities. And what really matters is uh, the journey and not the target yeah. or the goal. So for me, this, uh, this combination of Kenya and Virginia Woolf implying that right here and right now you should find the meaning and not in the future and not in our goals. In a way, it clicked together. So I, through these experiences, I decided that I should make something out yeah. of it. So then I created my company and, and I did my first production, Elbeton, that was based in Virginia Woolf's uh, novel. Okay, but then okay, like because it's very interesting what you say about Virginia Woolf and the fact that like it's about the moment and the process more than the result, mm-hmm. final result. How do you deal with this when you have to create and when eventually you have to deliver, let's say, a final product? So for me, it was uh, through that first process of creating, I realized, and because of the concept that I had in my mind, that uh, it could be very useful for me to make equ- equations, let's say. So I said, uh, what uh, Virginia says, uh, because she's also like comparing human existence with the waves of the sea and something that is ongoing. And also the novel itself has no chapters. Yeah. It's like one big thing. Yeah. So for me, it was like uh, life is an ever-flowing situation. We cannot stop. Yeah. Time passes by, our heart is beating. So we, even if we want, we cannot have a stop. Yeah. Except if we commit suicide. Yeah. So ma- then I make an equation. What if? You have a bounce, that was the beginning, or you have a shaking, or you have a, like a vibration. And this vibration is life. So that means that we cannot escape it. Yeah. So whatever we do in life, but in the performance as well, is a constant evolution of this uh, fundamental uh, movement that is life, yeah. is the heartbeat. Yeah. So my process was how you can always evolve this, fir- this first bounce, this first uh, vibration, through action, through theater action, where the transition from one to the other is as important as the action that we're aiming for. Yeah. So this led me to the, to the result that uh, a transition might last 10 minutes in order to go. Yeah. So the main uh, idea and the main uh, task that I'm giving to my dancers is that every minimum small uh, transition shift to go to where we want to go it's as important as the end so we need to stay and experience every small process yeah so in the end this start creating a world yeah from my mind at least yeah yeah, yeah. so um, i was very happy that because what i was experiencing in the studio was really in a way uh, faithful and uh, based on my original idea so I was not really finding myself trying to compose and edit, but more about uh, creating the circumstances to create an experience yeah. for the dancers and myself. Yeah. And of course at the end when I realized, because of course you can imagine in the beginning there was choreography, there was movement, yeah. dance, it was my first work. And then I started throwing away things that for me were, were uh, like, uh, they, they weren't it was not for them to be there yeah. somehow and because I was trying to find a core of connecting with the humans, with the performance. So then I started throwing away, so then I find a very small core of movement that was interesting for me. Yeah, okay, nice. So but then, um, like, I assume that like you, you do research also before like starting a process. How long does it take you? Uh, I think I... I have the idea in my mind, in the belly, yeah. 
and I'm pregnant for a year, I think. Okay. So it's not that I'm really working on the idea, but the idea is constantly in my mind. Yeah. And this is a very nice process because I'm not uh, stressed about the result or how this will be visually presented on stage yeah. or what the task will be in the studio. But I just permit the idea to float in my brain. So then, uh, almost subconsciously, things uh, from reality start matching. Yeah. And then I get to a point, uh, like some months before I start the rehearsals, that I go by myself in a studio and I start trying to realize in my body, yeah. by, by experiencing, yeah. what is this world about. Sometimes I don't find it, sometimes I find something. So then, when I first start uh, the first rehearsal, I don't know at all the outcome. But I, I can say that I know what's the limitations of this world. So okay. what's the equations and what's the limitations. Yeah. So that's the beginning, the starting point. Okay, good. So, like, as a, like, so you don't know how it will be? Not at all. And so you, you, will, you discover also while doing? Yes. Okay. For example, in Virginia Woolf, I said, what if you do something that can never stop? Yeah. Can, and this is an equation. This is yeah. like at a... Um, for example, in Ion, in my last piece, that it's influenced by birds and yeah. uh, fishes, the, the limitation that I found is because of these influences, what if there is not floor? Yeah. So you will never see a human step, the heel landing on the floor with the weight of the body that declares like a human action. Yeah. So what if we find a way of moving that indicates that we're not uh, subject to gravity? Yeah. Or of this world, we, you could in an imaginary world you could take the floor away and you could still see the performance floating. Yeah. So in a way, this is the things that uh, are concrete in my mind when I really start the rehearsals. Okay. Cool. Interesting. And um, so, like concerning this, like, do you feel the pressure of time then when you have to, like, create when like you take your time, like it's a, like a recollection in tranquility. Let's say that like you. You, you get pregnant of this idea and then you go to the studio and then do you feel at certain points the pressure of time? Always. Do you feel the need that at a certain, a certain point you want to share it? Or do you feel the fact that sometimes you don't have enough time to go so deep as you would like to go? I think it's, contra it's uh, controversial somehow. Yeah. I, 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 I always would like to have more time. Yeah. Or I'm never ready. I'm never ready in my preparation to go to the studio, I'm never ready from my personal work in the studio to go to the studio with the performance and I'm never ready with the performance to go to the uh, premiere. Yeah. But at the same time, I believe that a deadline, it always, uh, yeah. always gives helps and gives you like a timeline yeah. somehow. So in a way, you, you get to work with this limitation because this is also a limitation. Yeah. And sometimes it's very fertile. Okay, so then like when you go to a premiere, let's say, uh, do you think always like, oh, I, I mean, yeah, I guess it happens, sometimes you feel like that maybe, ah, oh, I wish I had a, an extra month, yes or do you no. do the premiere and say, okay, maybe in a year I will go back to it? I feel that uh, I, would, I, I would be able to evolve it and develop it more, but in a way, when the premiere is coming, I'm in a way, because of... The deadline yeah. and you are you are functioning with this deadline i'm ready to present it and i'm very happy to present it so you embrace it let's say oh, totally yeah i'm very happy when the premiere is coming but then i i have the eager to keep on uh, uh, performing it and every time we perform we keep on working on it and develop it yeah so it doesn't end with the premiere no, but like all. it's a constant no, uh, 
It really changes a lot through our touring period. The performance really changes. Okay, so it's, it would be worth it to see it several times, let's say. I believe so. <laughs> okay. Um, do you feel uh, insecure, or how do you do you deal with insatisfaction if you have insatisfaction? I feel uh, very insecure, and at the same time, it's like this small click that the mind can uh, create. And uh, again, you have an opposition. I have the, in the first floor, there is the insecurity. But in the basement, underground, there is this uh, strong voice that is saying that you can make it. Yeah. So these voices are uh, fighting each, each other. other. And I think it's, this happens to everybody. Yeah. But I have a strong belief that, uh, not that I have something important to say, and I'm very important, yeah. <laughs> but that if I will find, and this is the big task, for me, if I, I can always be able to find this small uh, core of movement and uh, imagination that for me is touching, only for me, yeah. being careless about the audience, yeah. but only for me, I will find something that really uh, steps in my heart and in my first imagination, then I'm very happy. Okay. So I don't really, I don't find myself being worried about the audience. I strongly believe that if something really touches you as a creator, this will be communicated to the So the audience could well. feel the same. So let's say that the audience doesn't have necessarily a specific role for you. Or no, because you... the audience in a way is coming to see what's happening in your mind and your yeah. heart. It's not coming to, to find out something else. So if we realize this, because this is not easy to realize because you have stress, you are insecure, you have people coming, they have demands from you, the system is cruel. So this is not easy every time to be centered in this idea. Hmm. But I truly believe that they're coming to see something that is a part of your own individual world. Hmm. And can they influence, can the audience influence eventually your PE, like what's happening on stage? Or usually it's like, let's say, two separate things. Because it's beautiful what you say about that they come and you hope that they, they come to see what you have to offer and you hope to, to, that they can feel the same that you feel while you like they have a, for me somehow many times uh, the audience reaction is a verification of what I'm saying now yeah for example I know that <clears throat> in uh, some performances there are points that I'm not truly satisfied but then I, I fool myself like but it's okay you're overacting and then the performance I see and I I, I feel that the audience they have a small problem you, you feel the attention dropping or something yeah. is happening in this specific moment that I also feel that they're not really centered. So in a way we're going together. Yeah. It's not that they're coming to be taught, yeah. but through this essence of uh, that this an experience, for me it verifies that we're the same. Yeah. So it, we, we share the same things. Yeah. So they verify to me that what is not working for me will not work for them as well. Yeah. So in a way, it's a very touching uh, for yeah. me. I mean, though you are a creator, you become also part of them, you know, like you feel with of them course, and it's a, a very nice uh, idea and concept. Um, how would you define your work and what do you think are your main influences? Uh, it's a very hard question. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I think it's very difficult to define your yeah. what you do. Like many people say, it's uh, repetitive and minimalistic. Mm. And of course it is. But for me, it's not like this at all. For me, it's uh, like the, the repetition 
does not exist really because through the piece of course I create a frame, a narrow frame of uh, repeating but every repetition keeps on evolving mm. so it's not about repeating the same thing it's more about cre creating a frame of movement that in a way supports the imagination of the create of the of the performance yeah so what how we are working with the performance is in a way creating a personal monologue in their minds yeah so in their mind they need to connect and imagine and evolve in their story yeah and the movement and the sound and the lights are just the frame in order to serve and uh, and deliver this imagination yeah. so what i'm always trying to do is connect with them in the eyes and not in the hands and the movement yeah so i would say that uh, my world of course work is minimalistic but in a way it's uh, an evolution yeah but as I mean, as we know, I mean, if the perform even if the performance is performed hundred times, it will never be the same. Of so course, I guess like, uh, and um, yeah, and what would you say that are your main influences? I think my number one influence is uh, nature. Hmm. So it's a lot because of uh, where I come coming from. It's a lot about the way I perceive reality. So for me, like uh, the social behavior of animals, of birds, of fishes, of uh, what's happening in nature is such a big masterclass and again it's a big cliche to say and uh, of course I cannot uh, even say that I bring this system on stage because this would always be a failure mm -hmm. because every system is where it is because there is a reason why. Yeah. So we cannot bring a predator on stage so that we create the formation of the birds because there is a necessity for the birds to create these uh, flocks. Yeah. So what I'm interested in is just to realize what's this social behavior, this uh, amazingly successful social structure that they have in order to, to live yeah. and bring the, some of these rules and create another stage uh, communal reality. Yeah. So I have to say, yeah, nature is my number one. And do you see like nature in the human beings in terms like how much, let's say, you, you spoke about animals, let's mm -hmm. say, how much do you see in human beings animality, like animal? Like how much do you think it's still left of animal in human beings? A lot. Um, in general, I'm an optimistic person. Yeah. So I will never say that there isn't, or yeah. we are totally brainwashed. Yeah. There is a part of us that it's like this, but there's another part that uh, is restless. And I think this uh, restless feeling, uh, it's coming from something deeper. Yeah. As uh, also like uh, um, Martha Graham said yeah. in, one, in one of her interviews that we have this divine unrest that keeps us uh, keeping on going so yeah I think uh, uh, of course uh, like uh, music uh, a lot like uh, one of my big influences is the Greek uh, ritualistic folk dances mm -hmm. the way that we have in the summertime these uh, fests that all the villages are coming together and they go in huge parties dancing these uh, specific dances and uh, also there is, we're coming to an, the issue of repetition and what is a repetition because we're doing the same steps but through the night this keeps on evolving mm -hmm. and the attitude and the atmosphere and the energy and the way of perceiving the steps so this is also an evolution of, uh, 
of a specific condition. Yeah. So for me, these these uh, these references are very useful to my. You seem work. also very like connected also with uh, your origins actually. Or I guess so, but I guess that I'm also like connected in the same way with the rituals that I saw in the tribes in Africa yeah. that they have the same uh, system. Or there are things in common. Let's the, say the, you the know, things, like we come from different countries. There are definitely yeah, or the Sufis in uh, in the Asia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, turning all these uh, functions are functioning in order to serve an idea or to serve an action. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in, in an interview, you state that you consider yourself a funny person yes. and apparently also positive. Do you think about using laughter to share your messages or like to make performances that are like, um, like they have a comic uh, line? Of course, and I would wish, but I don't dare to still. Yeah. I find that it's very hard. Do you think it's more difficult to make I people laugh than... it's extremely difficult, not for the people to laugh, it's extremely difficult to find the way and the humor that can fit in my world yeah. and uh, it will uh, be a result of the same concept. Yeah. So I'm trying to find that because also like speaking for me it's a, it's a challenge yeah. and I would like to use it. But the way that I perceive uh, theater action is how like these uh, equations that I make or these restrictions they're applying to movement, speaking, and everything. So I, I would never imagine myself doing a performance where there is a text. Yeah. So voice would be a part of it, and laughing would be a result of all this. Yeah. So it's a challenge for the future. Yeah. And it's, keep, uh, it's the idea it's in my belly. It's yeah. totally there. Okay. But I'm not brave enough. <laughs> for now. For now. Um, you, you work seems also not to be narrative and you don't aim at creating characters mm -hmm. out of your performers uh, how do you choose your performers then what does fascinate you when you choose them how i first of all i have to say that i chose my performers because that i knew them before i do my company and mm -hmm. we were very close friends so when i decided to do elvedon and opus the second performance we had the uh, because of the Greek reality, we had no funds at all. So for the two first productions, we had zero input. Mm. So what I asked them, and it was very brave for them to say yes, is like uh, if we're waiting for, uh, for around to help us to do something, we will never do it. So shall we do it by ourselves without salaries, funds, anything? So actually we've been rehearsing for Elvedon 11 o'clock in the night till 3 in the morning, till 4 in the morning because right. it was the only common free time. Yeah. So for us this uh, declared a big bravery, a big devotion to each other and a big dream that we want to make it happen. Yeah. So for this, this already in a way made uh, this company a very close, like very, we're very close to each other. Yeah. So for me this is very important. But what I perceive uh, performing-wise very, very important and for me it's essential to choose my dancer is the ability, because the ability to permit motion and dancing to be in the background. Yeah. So how I can dance because I look at you, so because I look at you and I see you scratching your back, this influences me so the, the movement itself is the result of this thing. Yeah. And many times like 90% because of, of uh, dancers' educations and yeah. our education, 
we perceive that through the movement I need to communicate something. Yeah. So I'm always, my intention is a little bit laid back and the movement it's always uh, in the front, uh, in the front uh, page, yeah. let's say. So for me this is always an obstacle. Yeah. That I, I am used to express myself through my hands. Yeah. And I want to, because maybe of my theatre background, I want to be expressed because of um, the imagination and then the movement is the result of this imagination. Yeah. And it's a very hard process. Yeah, I can imagine. So like basically also you said in an interview that uh, you are not interested in, in body as dancer's body, but mm. in human body. Yes, because uh, in my mind when I see a dance recognizable uh, vocabulary, for me, and, and there is a story or there is an emotion, for me, immediately I get the idea that what I see is a dancer interpreting an emotion. Yeah. So this uh, filter for me is an obstacle to really connect. Yeah. So I really need to see a person feeling something, yeah. not an, a dancer. So do you use also like non-dancers or like... No, because at the end the material that we end up doing it's amazingly demanding. Yeah. demanding very tough for the body and very complex. So you have to do to face a work in which you can have to strip the brain if you want of the dance. Uh, to strip the brain and strip the body. Yeah. It's really severe the process yeah, yeah. for them. They're so really like to make them become human beings on stage and not yes. dancers. And you see the material is small but it's very very complex and very very tough for the body. Hmm. Are you, so a, I, uh, are you I, a tough choreographer? Are you tough with your dancers? I'm tough with my work. And the, the my dancers are tough with the work, so it's yeah. I, I, the the arrow. It doesn't go to the, our personal relation that I'm yeah. tough on them, yeah. but it's a tough world. It's a tough work, so it's a tough process. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm. Uh, uh, you see, I'm diplomatic. Yeah, yeah very diplomatic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like I should interview one of your dancers now. No, I'm kidding. Um, do you? I mean, now you're doing. You've been doing this for some time, and uh, uh, did things change for you? So do you? Do you still struggle to make your voice heard as an artist or did it become easier in the years to create? Because you said that you started like rehearsing from 11 yeah. until 3 in the morning and uh, with, uh, because there were no funding or anything. Did th this change for you? Of course it changed. Like the third uh, production because uh, uh, the third production it was an Onassis Cultural Center uh, production so for the first time there was a normal healthy production. Mm -hmm. And we had like Teatro de la Ville that was a co-producer of this uh, project. So of course, finally, after a long time, we started experiencing a healthy situation. Because the non-healthy situation can last for a while, but not forever. I cannot ask forever to my dancers and my people, creative team, to work for free. Yeah. And, um, and of course, it's, very, it's much, much more easier for me now. Yeah. I have to admit that. But at the same time, the, the parameters are also changing. So yeah. it's, I think it will never be extremely easy. Yeah. Because now I have more demands, now I can now work with um, other people as well. Now they're, they're, the other people have more demands. So now we are also struggling to have uh, more co-producers and uh, we're growing, but every step of this uh, growth uh, it's uh, with a lot of work. Yeah. So it's easier, but it's uh, it's not that uh, it's uh, convenient and easy. Would it be different if you wouldn't be based in in Greece? Of course, it would be easier, because the thing is that in Greece you have no certainty 
that, uh, that you know that you have an organization that supports your play for a while. So you have like for some years or for two years, you have the, you have the quiet feeling that you can just work. So every every year it's a big uh, it's a big adventure. Yeah. And then why? Sorry if I ask, but probably it's also a personal reason. But why then you decided to, you decide to stay in Greece? Because I love Greece yeah. <laughs> and I love Athens. Yeah. It's it's a chaotic and very controversial city, but for me the vibe it's so vibrant, yeah. vibe, vibrant, that uh, for me it's very essential to be there. I don't know about the future how yeah. things will come. But for me, the way that people are connecting with each other, the way that people are perceiving friendship, the way that friendship is a part of uh, not uh, of the weekend, but uh, of everyday reality, the way that uh, sometimes uh, uh, people are bravely fighting this tough reality, it's very yeah. enriching. The way that people out of fear are uh, moving to the extreme right uh, a situation and mm. it's, uh, you see all this violence it's uh, it's a process to, to see what's happening in order to, to have this so for me these are values that um, I don't want to sound like uh, I, I study this uh, situation but being naturally part uh, of this situation for me it's uh, it's very important mm. so I wouldn't want to go to a safe convenient place just because there are money and there are uh, you know, things to offer there. Yeah. Uh, and I say this now and I might change in the future. Yeah, and you course. see me next year in uh, somewhere in Brussels. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like, and you said, you mentioned that you have your company and, but I have an interesting question in a, in a, in a, in a reality in which of course we use the, the, the web and the internet to be able to connect yes. and to find out work and to reach eventually and to yeah and to be known or uh, which seems to give us a lot of facility and like a lot of possibilities why don't you have a website <laughs> because i'm very bad with promoting myself yeah <clears throat> i wrongly believe that if you are in the studio and you're doing the work your work the best way you can all the rest in a way they will come. And this is, I understand that this is a romantic idea. Uh, I want to create an, uh, a website yeah. and it's always the project of next week or next month. So I promise you that in a while there will be a web... Uh, no, but I find it extremely fascinating, you know, yeah. like the fact, it's not because like I said... Way, there is Facebook or I believe that if some people they want to find me, they will find me. And also because since last year I'm represented by Key Performance, this agency in uh, Sweden. And they have a big um, uh, website, of course, yeah. and uh, there is a page for me in the website. So if you go to the website, you can see the performances the schedule, the touring uh, dates and everything. So since that point, I even are more relaxed about yeah, this. Okay. But I have to do it yeah. and I will do it. Okay. So I have a one last question uh, for you. Uh, what's a wish for you for your future as an artist and then a wish person for you as Christos? Um, as an artist, I, I think my biggest wish is that, uh, and I truly say that, honestly, uh, not not because I don't want to have uh, success as a choreographer, but uh, for me it's uh, to find always this uh, small uh, core of the, of the idea that is true for me. It's uh, 
it's co- 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 coherent. Coherent? Coherent with my idea. It's free from all the, all the other uh, demands that you have for yourself to be liked to serve the audience, to do all these things that, in a way, sometimes can, uh, can move the, uh, the, the performance itself and have more things than it should. So always find the courage and the bravery to find this uh, small core that, for me, is very important. And I feel that by doing and doing and doing, it, it will be get harder and harder every time. Yeah. And for you, for Christos, like for Christos, I would say that um, yeah, health. I would say because of uh, what society we see, the world is uh, walking on a very dangerous path. I see the like the in Greece what's happening, and see in Europe what's happening. I for me it's very scary that I found myself when I was 20, I could not understand at all why the Second World War happened. So I would find myself thinking that how could a nation and uh, like an alliance of nations would do that and would go there and I could not understand. And now, unfortunately, I can understand. Yeah. So now the reality nowadays show, show us the way that this can happen. So for me, this is very scary that in a way, you know how this happened. Yeah. So this gives the possibility that it might be there again. Yeah. So I would wish that this will never happen again. Yeah. So I wish that we develop and progress than going backwards. Yeah. That's yeah. my wish. Thank you very much, Christopher. It was a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. It's my honor. <laughs>